Ready, set, go, dog, sick em. woof, 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 woof. Welcome to the Ready, Set, Sikkim podcast, the number one place for Georgia Bulldogs news and opinions for all Dog Nation fans out there. So if you bleed black and red, glad you are here. And if you know other dog fans out there, tell them about this podcast and have them join our family. Week one just concluded. We only have Notre Dame, Florida State tomorrow left, but our dogs got the upset victory over the number three ranked Clemson Tigers to start off the year 1-0. The final score was an astounding 10-3. You heard that right. 10-3. I know everyone predicted, oh, it's going to be like a 35-31, to you know, Clemson or Georgia victory. It was 10-3. So there's a few things to talk about there. Number one, the Lee Corso curse is over because the last three times Lee Corso put on the hairy dog head at college game day, Georgia's won. He put the Georgia dog head on 2019 when they play against Notre Dame, they won. He put the dog head at college game day in 2020 against Auburn. Guess who won? Georgia. And now he had a little fake out, but he put the dog head yesterday against Clemson at college game day and guess who won Clemson the game was all defense and some say that these were the two best defenses in college football on full display it was a game won the trenches and I think you know who I have ranked number one defense in the country our defensive line Won the game ball tonight, without a doubt. If that defensive line wasn't as good, especially that front seven, they would not have beaten Clemson. They would not be able to pressure DJ and that offensive front that well if the defensive line did not come to play tonight. Because Clemson finished the game with two rushing yards as a team. 180 yards of offense total. This was the lowest rushing total for Clemson since 2008. Have you ever heard a team in college football or hell, even in the NFL Pop Warner High School, have you ever seen a football team finish a game with two rushing yards? Even more, two rushing yards and... 180 yards of offense total. That shows you the defense for Georgia came to play. And they had a huge factor in who won tonight. Christopher Smith, his 74-yard pick sits was the only time a player on either team went into the end zone and actually scored and put up points. Georgia's defensive line, like I said, it was Elite tonight, in my opinion, the best team defensively in the nation. They had six total sacks. And it wasn't just Jordan Davis. Jordan Davis definitely contributed. But it was N'Kobe Dean. It was also Nolan Smith who wrecked DJ's flow, couldn't get into a rhythm, and that's why 
Georgia came out victorious. And every time Georgia's defense came out on that field, people had the opinion Georgia, Clemson, and just college football fans as a whole had the opinion that Clemson was going to struggle offensively because Georgia just could do whatever they wanted. And every single play, it's felt like three people are always rushing DJ in a pass play. So is it a stretch to say this is a better defensive team than that very recent 2017 Georgia Bulldog defense that featured first-rounder Wokon Smith, who's now a star for the Chicago Bears? Because what was the narrative of that 2017 team? What was the narrative? You had Jake Fromm, at quarterback, who was a freshman, you had a running back core of Sony Michelle, Nick Chubb. At wide receiver, you have McCole Hardman. And you had defensively, you had Roquan Smith. And of course, you had Rodrigo Blakenship as the kicker. What was the narrative of the team? They went to the national championship after beating Baker Mayfield's Oklahoma in the Rose Bowl in overtime. Double overtime, excuse me. They blew an overtime lead against two in Alabama, second 26. And then that ignited an even bigger fire that Georgia can't win big games, always chokes, and Nick and excuse me, and Nick Saban will always beat Kirby Smart. That really, really started the whole 1980 stuff because Georgia didn't win the national championship in 2017. So is that a stretch to say that this team's better? Because this was a huge game for Georgia. Huge testament. With a ton on the line. And they didn't choke. Sure, they had chances. And it looked like they were going to choke at the very end. But they managed to walk out of Charlotte with a W. And start off the year 1-0 against a top three team in the country. They didn't choke. A win is a win. And it showed that this is a different Georgia team. It showed when they are tested, when they're faced with adversity, when their backs are against the wall, when it looks like they're just about to choke, they find a way to secure the W. And this and tonight, it was the defensive line did that. Now, do I think every single Georgia game this year is going to come down the wire like that or be that low scoring? No, I don't. I think there are going to be other games we'll talk about next week with UAB. That's going to be way more high score and Georgia's probably going to have like 30, 40 points and there are going to be more blowouts. I don't think every single game is going to be that close and down the wire. But if a few games happen to be down the wire, we've seen what this year's Georgia team can do down the wire in a very close situation where every down matters. Because we're not talking about the team from 2017 that blew the lead in overtime against Alabama in the National Championship. We're not going to talk about in 2018 where they blew it again against Jalen Hurts in the SEC Championship. Because those Georgia teams, they happened, right? They happened. They're in the past. The ink is dry. This is a different Georgia team, in my opinion. This is a different Georgia team that is done with the identity that's plaguing 
this program that they can't win big games and Kirby Smart always finds a way to choke when the second half rolls around. But this game wasn't perfect. And even the biggest dog fan out there, I think, can agree with this. There were some issues against Clemson that if these issues are more than just, oh, is you know, week one of the season, there's going to be some rust, there's going to be some stuff to, you know, worry about the kinks and, you know, smoothing out as the year goes on. I think that's what happened tonight, but there was an issue that was so prevalent that if it happens to be more of a consistent issue, Georgia may be in trouble. The offensive play calling needs to be more versatile. I cannot stress that enough because this team played way too conservative against a top three team in the nation. Maybe that conservative play calling will work for SEC teams like Mizzou, Auburn, Arkansas, Kentucky, Vanderbilt, South Carolina, teams who are not competing for college playoff spots, national championships, are in like rebuilding modes and not really sure who they are yet. So maybe that conservative play calling will work for them, but for teams like Alabama or when it comes to the cultural playoff or the national championship in a do or die situation, you can't play conservative and way too safe because if you do, the other team is going to play aggressive and they're not going to hold back. They're going to come back twice as hard. The amount of times on third and lawn that we saw a screen pass down the left sideline was troubling. It was consistent. It never worked. And I hope that's was just a trial run, a test run. And it's like, okay, that didn't work against a top three team. We're not going to try that every single week on the schedule for every single team we play, no matter who it is. Because if it is, and the results are the same, then I really question what is our game plan here offensively? Because we know defensively what this team's already going to be. We know the defense is going to be elite, especially defensive line. Offense is the biggest question mark of whether this team's going to win a national championship or not and break that 1980 curse. So if this is a team that consistently is throwing screen passes on third and lawn and it's consistently not working and getting a ton of three and outs, then... I really, really question the mindset of the offensive play caller and what our strategy is because at some point it's going to come to bite Georgia and it's going to come at the worst possible time. There were no offensive touchdowns by either team, but we're talking about Georgia since this is a Georgia podcast. There were no offensive touchdowns. Which I don't think, once again, I don't think that's going to be a situation for every single game. I think Georgia's going to put a ton of touchdowns on the board against UAB next week, especially back in Athens. Georgia's going to put on a lot of points on the board. But having a game against a top program with no offensive touchdowns, I hope 
That's not a sign of what's to come when Georgia plays against another top team. That's just my thing. I don't think that's going to be a thing because very rarely do I see a college football team not score offensive touchdowns multiple times in a season, especially how talented Georgia is every year. We saw how crucial guys like George Pickens and Eric Gilbert are to the team when they're not around, especially George Pickens, because it comes down to the point of comes back to my previous point about the screen passes on third and law not really working. The offense can't get a rhythm, no offensive touchdowns against Clemson. Like imagine if Georgia just scored one touchdown against Clemson instead of a 10 to three win. Instead, it's a 14 to three win against Clemson. That doesn't sound like much, but it's a complete different story because if you remember the Clemson game versus Georgia was down to the wire. It came down to the final minute where Georgia had to run the clock out in order to win. If Georgia was up 14 to three, that issue is no longer a thing. Georgia can do whatever they want because Clemson doesn't have enough time to come back because they're down by 11 instead of seven. There were three, three and outs in the fourth quarter out of five drives in the fourth quarter for Georgia. And the only time it was not a three and out in the fourth quarter for Georgia was the field goal and the final drive of the game where the clock ran out. Once again, in a close game situation, especially if it's an elite team, whether it's most likely Bama in the SEC championship or if it's, let's just say, Oklahoma in the cultural playoff or the national championship, having multiple three and outs in a close game, especially in the fourth quarter, cannot happen. The defensive line performed kept Clemson from pulling away, and like I said, they deserve the game ball. They were the reason why Clemson did not look great on offense, and Georgia was the reason why they left Charlotte victorious, was solely because of that defense. They played that elite. And in my experience of watching football, I follow the Chicago Bears, especially the defense, because Roquan Smith, you got to support the Georgia Bulldogs who are pros. And Roquan Smith is one of the best young defensive players in the league. The Bears defense the last three years have won games because the defense came to play and saved the offense because the offense was lacking. Eventually, that defense got too tired midway through the season because they kept having to play quick revive and couldn't be at that elite level anymore. That's my main worry with the offense. But that's not to take away from the negatives because, in my opinion, there were way more positives in this Georgia-Clemson game than negatives. We're talking about a team that has been consistently robbed in the media that they can't win against top programs. They keep choking in the second half leads. Kirby Smart can't win big games. Kirby Smart will never win Georgia a national championship, even though they recruit 
at the best every year. They'll win the division, the East, but then after that, they don't know what they're going to do after that. This is a game changer, especially for recruiting, because I know there were a ton of high-ranked recruits that were considering Georgia and Clemson in their top three or top five college offers. And seeing how Georgia's defensive line massacred Clemson's offensive line shows recruits that Georgia's defensive line is elite, is carrying the team right now, and if you want to be part of this elite defensive line in this group, this is where you go. Here's an example. Because normally, Clemson has a pretty good offensive line every year. But the game, Georgia-Clemson, was wild. And I think a lot of people predict that because it's a week one matchup, week one matchup, excuse me. And um, it was a number three Clemson versus number five Georgia. I think a lot of people expected the game was going to be wild. But Georgia turned the ball over on a punt because the ball happened to change the direction because it landed on a bulldog shoelace. It changed direction and Clemson recovered the football and it was a Georgia turnover. Like I've never seen that in my life that a shoelace changed momentum and caused one team to have the upper hand over another. A shoelace, not a cleat, a shoelace. This is worse than the Florida LSU throwing the boot situation. Kamarda, I'm sorry, don't really know how to pronounce the name, but Kamarda, the Georgia punter, should win the Ray Guy Award, which is given to the best punter in the nation. Why? Because especially in the first quarter, the amount of times he kept pinning Clemson's offense inside their own 15 was huge because even though Georgia's offense did not really come to play, Georgia's defense did, and it helped. Not only was a Georgia defense ferocious the entire night, but they're also always in Clemson's own 15. So Clemson had to go 80, 90 yards every drive, but they never managed to get past midfield a ton of the time because Georgia's defense was that ferocious and that much of a looming threat every down. And finally, when Georgia finally, after many, many, many drives on offense, they finally enter the red zone for the first time in the night. And we're like, okay, let's score a touchdown, Georgia. Three and out. It's like, all right. Let's kick the field goal at least. Let's get some points. It would have been really, really nice to have a touchdown to start off 7-0. But you know what? We'll take the field goal because, I mean, it's better than nothing. The field goal was botched. So it's like, you got to be kidding. The first time in a long time that Georgia got to the red zone in a scoring opportunity They missed it. They did recover, and the very next time they did kick a field goal, it did go through. So that was nice, but it's like, 
Come on, man. Like, the first time on the year, Georgia enters the red zone, a missed field goal. Like, I know a lot of people thought when that field goal was missed, that could have haunted us. And it's like, Georgia's going to lose that game because that missed field goal. Like, Georgia's going to lose by like three or two or one or losing overtime. And if Georgia just made that field goal the first time, it would never have gone overtime and Georgia would not have lost. But thank God that's not what happened. So next week, I kind of alluded to this. Next week, Georgia is playing in Athens for their home opener versus the UAB Blazers. It's a 3.30 kickoff, so it's slated right in the middle of college football Saturday. Georgia is 2-0 all-time versus the Blazers. And in my opinion, they will be 3-0 against them and 2-0 on the year. Score. I'll say, if I do say a prediction for a score, because I'll say 35-14, Georgia wins. Because I think Georgia's actually going to put up a ton of offensive points because UAB's defense is not Clemson's. They're not going to be able to get to JT Daniels like Clemson did. I don't think they'll get as many turnovers as Clemson did. And I think when it comes to defensively, Georgia's going to have an easier time on the defensive line getting to the UAB's quarterback than Clemson because I don't know the numbers, but if I just had to take a wild guess, just thinking blindly here, I don't think UAB's offensive line is better or on par with Clemson's. So I think Georgia wins. I think they win a blowout. I think they use all the momentum after beating a top three team to really show and put people on the world that this is a new Georgia team. They know what happened in 2017 in the national championship. They just beat a top three team in the nation. They want to come back with vengeance. And like College Game said, this is the year of the dog. In my opinion, those 14 points that I predicted for UAB, I didn't think get those in garbage time. Maybe they get three or maybe even seven points with the stars in the game. But for the most part, I think they'll get the other touchdown or whatever it may be in garbage time when they're playing against the third strainers of Georgia when the game is already wrapped at that point. Getting Clemson out of the way is huge, especially with the W. Because Georgia is pretty much in one of the four college playoff spots after one week. Because even though Alabama did dominate Miami, and most likely Alabama is going to be one of those four spots as well. So Alabama and Georgia most likely are two of the four, if I had to guess. Oklahoma did beat Tulane, but they only won by three. Now, is that going to affect their college football slot? No, it won't because it's Oklahoma. They're mostly going to win the Big 12 and no one's really going to care about it after that. But why is it so important for the college football playoff spot that Georgia's already in a very, very good position 
to have one of the four spots because they beat Clemson. Well, you knocked off the third team in the nation. At that point, Georgia is obviously going to go up in the rankings and Clemson is going to go down in the Monday rankings because Georgia won and Clemson lost. That's how it works. But you only have one ranked regular season game left, and that's Florida. It's late season Florida because of the cold weather, the Gators always fall apart in the second half of the year. And that's not even mentioning that Florida has to replace guys like Kyle Trask, Kadarius Toney, and generational talent, Kyle Pitts. Georgia's going to win the East. Like, I don't think that's a bold claim to make. Like, Georgia's going to win the East. Like, there's literally no team there that can compete with them. Especially after how their defense played against Clemson. They're going to go undefeated going into the SEC championship game against most likely Alabama. If Georgia wins the SEC and beats Bama, they are without a doubt. I don't care how good like Oklahoma is or Clemson is or Notre Dame or any of these teams or even Oregon. I don't care. If Georgia is undefeated and wins the SEC, this is a Georgia team that beat Clemson and Alabama. You are number one in the nation. Like, it doesn't matter what other team did on their resume. If you're a conference championship and you beat Clemson and Alabama, you are number one in the nation. You're the best team in the country. You're the favorite to win it all. And once again, it comes back to my point. It is very looking, it's looking very likely that it's the year of the dog. Now, on the contrary, if Georgia loses to Alabama, they are a one loss, one or up team to Bama in the SEC. They will still make the cultural football playoff most likely at a two or three seed. It all depends on what the Big Ten and the Big 12 is like with teams like Ohio State and Oklahoma. So at the very worst, Georgia's a two or three seed. At the best, they beat Alabama and they're the number one team in the nation. And that would be such a joy to watch to see Georgia beat Clemson and Alabama because then that opinion that Kirby Smart can't win big games that opinion that his second half adjustments don't work and they always choke and everything that opinion is no longer valid if you beat Clemson and Alabama and Alabama that opinion is no longer valid it doesn't matter what you do in the college football playoff Regular season, that's what you do. That's enough. So, after Georgia beat Clemson, they're definitely moving up in rankings. I think if they're number five, if it was number five Georgia versus number three Clemson, Georgia won. I think Georgia moves up to three 
And I think Clemson drops to five. I think they swap three and five. So Georgia's three now and Clemson five. But regardless, Georgia seems very, very, if I give a percentage, Georgia's going to make the college all playoff. Doesn't matter if you just make the college all playoff, be one of those four teams. I'd say it's a 98.5% chance Georgia is one of those four teams called in the Selection Sunday show. Because what else, what other team is going to take it from Georgia? The only way I can see Georgia not make the college ball playoff with the win over Clemson, it would not make any sense. But the only way I can see it is if they get upset by multiple teams against like South Carolina and Auburn and like Mizzou and Kentucky. They get upset by like all four. Yeah, they're not in the college ball playoff. But I think they beat Mizzou. They beat Kentucky. They beat Florida. They beat South Carolina. They beat Auburn. The hardest team on your opponent, on your schedule, was Clemson. And you already beat them. You got your hardest opponent already out of the way. With the W, matter of fact. So Georgia doesn't have any hard teams until the SEC championship against Alabama. And you can make the argument that this is a first game jitters, two years not having fans, and new offense, new defense, having to replace people like Eric Gilbert and George Pickens. We'll see what happens. But the fact that Georgia won this game is all that matters. Dog Nation is excited right now, and they're looking forward to seeing what Kirby Smart and the dogs are going to do every Saturday in this college football season, and especially looking forward to 90,000 Dog Nation fans wearing red and black at Sanford Stadium down in Athens, Georgia, and showing off who is on top who is the Kings of the SEC East. This has been the second episode of the Ready, Set, Sick, and Podcast. And because this is the best nation, Dog Nation, we're going to do the Go Dogs chant like I do in every introduction. But I want you to do it with me. Go dogs! Woof, 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 woof!